Welcome to Space Flicks, the podcast where we review a movie and determine if it's worth the cost of beaming out to an astronaut in space. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has no nothing to keep him warm at night. We can't ship him a pizza, so it's just movies. We could ship him a pizza, but it wouldn't be warm when, he get, when it gets to him. So. We could ship him music, but his speakers are bad. I hope his speakers aren't bad. He's got to watch a movie. His TV setup is pretty good. Oh, okay. Uh, got surround sound <laughs> space. <laughs> this week, we're talking about Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a quick one. We are uh, on a tight schedule here. We're busy people. Mm-hmm. Um, people to do, or places to go, people to see. <laughs> people to do, places to what. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the latest film from Taika Waititi director, writer-director of uh, Thor Ragnarok, What We Do in the Shadows, mm-hmm. Hunt for the Wilda People, mm-hmm. Wilda People. Mm-hmm. Wilder, the, pe- Wilder. Wilder? Wilder People? Wilder People. I'm like combining Wilda Beasts mm-hmm. and Wilder People. I'm pretty sure it's Wilder People. Uh, okay, it's not Wilda People. Uh, and also starring Scarlett Johansson and what's his name? Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Also, what, uh, Alfie Allen is technically in it? Alfie Allen is in it. Rebel, Rebel Wilson. Wilson is in it. Um, Stephen Merchant is in it. Oh, yeah, Stephen Merchant. Yep. And I then, find it uh, weird that Alfie Allen's in this film. Yeah, just, uh, just a lark. Yeah. Uh, and then Taika Waititi is in it. Yes, of course. And then headlined, really, by the two uh, younger actors in Yeah, the what film. are their names? Roman Griffin Davis as the titular Jojo and Thomason McKenzie as Elsa. All right. Yeah, those are the two main characters, basically. But um, they're the names I didn't know off the top of my right, head. Right. So. Yeah, they're the two faces you wouldn't know offhand. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, we should start with expectations and first impressions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my expectations were pretty high. Um, I love Taika Waititi. I really liked Thor Ragnarok. Yep. Um, I really liked What We Do in the Shadows. I think his movies... Oddly enough, I actually think I found, of all his films, I feel like I laughed the most at Thor Ragnarok, probably. But maybe that's just because um, it was the most mainstream and yeah, and sort of, I don't know, accessible. Yeah. Um, A movie like What We Do in the Shadows, while very, very funny, is also, like, trying to make you uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's and I think there's also a pacing element to it where, like, Thor Ragnarok still had to be... A summer blockbuster type. I mean, I guess it mm-hmm. came out in in November, but it was a uh, had to be a mainstream movie that implies a certain pace. Mm-hmm. Whereas what we do in the shadows, hunt for the wilder people, they're uh, they're they're like more indie, and so there's more of a tolerance, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. There's like a larger acceptable range of you can have long awkward pauses. You can have right. moments of uh, moments where the scene just kind of sits there. Right. Not that those movies, I mean, I think his movies generally, they, they move pretty well, but I think he kind of in, enjoys or relishes in awkwardness more. Yes. Um, but this one uh, is, I don't know, I, f- I sort of assume, I interpret it as uh, somewhere in between. Like, he's more of a name now. They mm-hmm. can say from the from the man who brought you Thor Ragnarok, you right. know? Um so it's certainly not as big as a comic book movie, but it's it seemed it felt like it was bigger than his other movies. Yes, I would agree with that. Bigger yeah. actor. I mean, it's got Scarlett Johansson in it, you know, stuff like that. 
So, um, so I was expecting, I guess I was expecting something kind of between the accessible, funny, uh, fun kind of Thor Ragnarok, uh, vibe and the slightly more heartfelt and a little bit more personal Mm -hmm. and warm, like hunt for the wilder people Mm kind of, kind of vibe. Um, and I expected I would like it a lot. I don't think I was expecting to love it, though. Mm-hmm. So those were my expectations. What about yeah. yours? I also was not expecting to love it. In fact, you'd recommended a couple of times that we see it, and I think I was... You were kind of on the fence? I was sort of always looking for something else. I was mm-hmm. like, maybe we should see. Is there anything else we could see? Um, so were you kind of thinking you didn't want to see this movie? Um I just wasn't enthusiastic about it, uh, mm. and that's pr- that's pretty, in some ways, unfair to this movie because, like, all the movies you listed, plus Flight of the Concords, like, mm-hmm. I like all of those things, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think I was nervous. It's I was, a sensitive subject. I man. think I was nervous about this movie. Like, I felt like it was going to. I, I was nervous it was going to make some pretty um, tone deaf mistakes in its handling of this of the subject matter uh-huh. Uh-huh. and uh i sort of just didn't want to wade into something sure like it's almost like you didn't want to see this guy you liked make such a big mistake right uh, i right. gotcha yeah um i didn't know what to make of the the sort of tag or not the tagline but um the the basic description of the movie that was being used in a lot of the marketing which was like an anti-hate satire yeah, and I was yeah. like, "What? What is that? What is an anti-hate satire?" Like, I think I, I think I was pretty dismissive of that of the marketing language. Right. I just assume that's you know people in a well, and so like you know, I think in some ways <clears throat> because my expectations were confused by some of the marketing and my sort of tainted by my general fear that like it was going to be kind of an embarrassing misstep mm-hmm. i was just like i don't know that i'm <laughs> so excited about seeing this right mm-hmm. um, but those are just my expectations and uh, and so how did how did your how did your feelings walking out of the movie compare to what you were expecting going in uh, i i liked it and i felt like um, I liked it almost in spite of myself, right? <laughs> uh, where there are certain pieces of it, and we can get into spoiler territory later, but where I just felt like I knew... Like, it was almost like a Spielberg movie or something where I mm. know I'm being manipulated, mm-hmm. and I just don't care, right? And I'm like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Like... Mm-hmm. I just want the camera to, you know, like if we're talking about a Spielberg movie, it's like, I just want the camera to, like, move toward the man, the guy's face while the music swells and, like, he looks with, like, inspiration see. at something, right? Oh, yeah, that, that like, I know exactly what you mean. The Spielberg I, thing. The Spielberg face, right? Yeah. Like, or, or, no, the s- character's doing something heroic, and so the camera's going to zoom in on a bunch of different faces of yes. people in the crowd. Yes. And their eyes widening and them just right. clearly being being lifted up, you know, mm-hmm. emotionally. And so, moment. like, not that this movie is anything like that stylistically, but there are certain things in this movie that are, like, quite manipulative, and, but it's sort of like, I don't care, I just, I like feeling these feelings. You think, uh, you think more manipulative than his typical stuff? Like, uh, I don't know, like Hunt for the Wilder People, for example? 
Yes. Okay. So you felt like it was trying to manipulate you at times, but that was okay. You were kind of okay with it because of because I thought what? it was effective, right? Okay. Like some movies are manipulative and they fail. And so you're like, oh, this is so cynical that you're mm-hmm. doing this, but it's not even good, right? Like, but this movie, I'm like, you know, yeah, brought well, tears to my when eyes. You say, when you say manipulative, I'm curious, are you, is that kind of another way of saying like cheap? Like, like the movie wants you to, to put you in a certain state, and some movies earn it by, um, by being very authentic or something, and then some movies take like shortcuts. And is that what you mean by manipulative? I'm curious what you mean. Uh, it's like you're real. You are leaning on Pavlovian reflexes that the audience has to so, certain so yeah, te- like sh- to certain techniques. I think that's what I meant by shortcuts. You're and saying. I think some movies try to lean on Pavlo- Pavlovian responses to techniques. Mm-hmm. But they're so badly done, mm-hmm. or so um, the movie's so distractingly bad in other ways right. that, like, you're like, this isn't even doing the like, thing. Like, uh, this isn't in this movie. But would an example be like, if you want to show that a villain is really terrible and you want the audience to hate them, you'd you'd show them like hitting a kid or or sure. killing a dog or something, killing a puppy, right. cute little puppy, right? Um, Okay. Yeah, I think I almost want to have a longer conversation with you about this outside of the idea this of manipulation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we can we can save it, you know? This okay. can be that can be just for us later. Yeah. Yep. Um <laughs> I I remember you saying when we came out that you maybe maybe in the moment you were a little bit on more of a high than you are now, but I think you said that you liked it. Or maybe you said that it just affected you a lot more than you were expecting. Yeah. Which it, I guess is what you're talking about right yeah, now. Yeah, it really, exactly. Like, yeah. it really did, right? And, and, and <laughs> you, like, you sound resentful. Well, that, I, I, exa- <laughs> it, it used me. For exactly all the reasons I'm just <laughs> describing, like, I feel like, um, like, against my will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, there are, so, yeah, put it this way there are some movies that I think far more subtly without relying upon, on, like, um, sort of cliche or or uh, sort of established techniques that just always have the same effect, like mm-hmm. can still evoke these types of emotion and those sorts of films. I have a tendency to um, be be less begrudging of mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, you found like a unique and original way into yeah. my like cold dead heart, right? Right. Um, and this one, I was like, yeah, you know, like I'm a sucker for this. Just go ahead and do it, right? Yeah, I think the thing. I I think I know what you mean. We can get into um, some of the examples maybe in a few minutes, but sure. Um, just in terms of in terms of um, first impressions, how I felt I think was pretty much in line with what my expectations were, and I think that the stuff you're talking about maybe um, I didn't. It didn't. Uh, it didn't bother me because it was more in line with what I was expecting. Yeah. Like, I think of Taika Waititi as, you know, kind of humor first. Mm-hmm. And he he likes to sort of tug at the heartstrings, but I don't, I wouldn't call him a very subtle or nuanced, um, you know, storyteller. Right. It's like, it's like he, he likes to, 
and, and I would actually, I, li- I like your Spielberg comparison, even though obviously they're completely different in yeah. their styles. But Spielberg in the sense that it's kind of broad strokes, you yeah. know? And it's like mostly funny stuff, and then I'll put some 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 warm stuff that'll give you some feels in there. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not like a complex look at things. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, like he doesn't he doesn't do complex, really really um, challenging, penetrating looks at topics. Mm-hmm. And so coming in, it's you know with Hunt for the Wilder People, I think that style is is perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about a, it's like about family, and it's about a kid and his relationship to like a, a father figure. Whereas, yeah. whereas in this film, he's like going after you know things with the Holocaust and genocide and race, racial tensions and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, he's not gonna do a complex look at that. You know, he's right. he's gonna do it in ve- in very basic. Like the movie's not gonna make a point other than uh, Nazis were bad, mm-hmm. which you know, which we all know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's not going to challenge the audience or, sh- right. or show, show us something new or make us rethink something. Right. So I wasn't expecting it to do that. So I sort of, I feel like I went in kind of, you know, playing, pl- like playing with the movie on its terms. And uh, I came out, you know, pleased. But pretty much like I said, I was expecting. I liked it, didn't love it. Mm-hmm. Um like I said before, we should move at a healthy clip here. Mm-hmm. I think we're okay at the moment. Yep. What do we do next? Box office? I think we do box office yes. next. All right, you guess what you think this movie made in its opening weekend. Uh, $20 million. Wow, you are so far off. Is it like three? Uh, no. Well, let me give you a clue that I probably should have given you. It opened in limited release. Uh-huh. It opened in five theaters. Oh, so, five? That's oh. right. So how many th- how many dollars do you think it made on its opening weekend, given that it opened in five theaters? I don't know, like $1.1 million or something like that. Nah, $350,000. Can you make that much money in five theaters? I have to do uh, that. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I think, like, you like, know... Like if Parasite they, opened on if a they released Star Wars, but only in five theaters, okay. it might pick one point two million. Okay, three hundred thousand um, dollars. Okay. Yeah, three hundred thousand, and um, for just just for reference, I mean, it's obviously expanded in its release. It looks to be in about close to a thousand theaters now. Okay. But even to today, how much? It's it only made fourteen million. So okay. Um, so twenty million was a. Was a, was bold, a terrible guess. Yeah, a very maybe, optimistic. Maybe my worst guess ever. Uh, okay. It might be, might yeah. be. Yeah, just mathematically. Yeah, but you know, you can't can't e- win them all. Even even a working clock is wrong twice a day, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they don't say that. Wait, what? Uh, I, I'm just making a joke. <laughs> just inverted it for you. You know, but little... it's not. It's also not true. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's not true at all. Right. Just as that analogy is wrong 100 percent of the time. Okay. Uh, so it only made 350000 That's not, I don't think I have any interesting commentary on that because I have no idea what I should have, uh, what one would compare this movie to. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, Nazi comedy starring, like, nobody who really has the, like, clout to open a movie. Yeah. Right, with maybe the exception of Scarlett Johansson, but she's not the main character, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, I don't know, maybe an, an interesting analysis I might do after the fact later would be like, how did this compare to his previous films before Thor Ragnarok, you know? 
Probably better, right? Yeah, I would assume. I'm 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 just guessing it did significantly better than like Hunt for the Wilder People and what we do in the shadows. But, you know, I don't even know. Okay. I feel like those movies didn't make over ten million dollars. Right? I feel that like, seems yeah, his career like that would have been a lot. Taika Watiti's like box office draw and his general popularity. I mean, I know like things don't move in a straight line, but the trajectory has to be up. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Like, overall, you know, with Thor, with this, because this is like this movie won some awards and stuff, right? Like at International Jojo Rabbit, yeah, at international film festivals, it won. Hold on, I'll pull it it's up. News to me. Um, it won the People's Choice Award at the Toronto Film Festival. Oh, there you go. Right, like, um, and it's been. I just feel like he is well liked. Thor is well liked. Um, and now he's got this, which like I don't think a director without clout could get made because it's a no. really odd movie. Yeah. And then like he's directing episodes of The Mandalorian, right? Like, oh, is he? I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, I mean, so he's got some like the Disney Corporation likes this guy. Yeah, he's made right? some friends. Um, I actually have taken the time to look up Hunt for the Wilder People because it occurred to me I could do that. Mm-hmm. And that film, over its lifetime, made $5 million Sure. Domestically. Yep. Okay. So there you go. So he has And its near- opening weekend, also five theaters, so mm-hmm. apples to apples, was uh, 78000 Okay. So this movie made five times that in mm-hmm. its opening weekend, and, you know, to date has made about four times. Um, three times. Three, yeah, three times. What did I say? $14 million? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. It'll make uh, it'll make a healthy multiple of that. So uh, yep. so we were right. We were right. He's doing better than he did before. Trajectory commercially. Is yep. Commercially. Artistically, feel, who knows? And I feel like the interesting thing is, if you put like, for example, I'm just making this up, but like, if you put, um, you know, Chris Pratt and Scarlett Johansson in a Taika Waititi, like Hollywood, like action mm-hmm. comedy or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. They would make a lot of money, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. if they just decided that that's what they were going to do, it's like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna make this movie for not too much money because his movies aren't terribly expensive, and but we're somehow gonna get Chris Pratt and Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> sure, because people want to work with him, right? Right. I just feel like, like he, like he could turn around and make another Thor movie tomorrow, and it would make. Hundreds of millions. Well, he of dollars. is making another Thor movie. Well, right? yes, that's what I'm saying. And that movie's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Almost and so it's like, yeah. so he's got the chops to like produce a movie that lots of people want to see. And it's just, he just so happened to want to make like a Hitler comedy. Did we talk about uh, being intrigued by that? Like, um, like Natalie Portman being in a Taika Waititi movie? I feel like. I don't know. Maybe we I feel did. Like I don't know what to expect because. I think it's going to be good. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be good. I'm just, I'm, I mean, I think I used the right word to capture my emotion about it. I'm intrigued. Like, I haven't seen her do anything where she is a comedic character in, I, I don't, I literally don't remember it happening. I mean, maybe it has. Her rap on Saturday Night Live. That's the only thing good. that comes to mind. But even that is her being funny by by playing ultra serious yes, in in yes, the skit, you yes. know. Um, so yeah. I'm just I'm just curious, like what her sort of like loosey goosey. Oh, you know what? I'm wrong. Garden State is probably the closest thing I can think of. Yeah, but like that's all about. That's like, where she, she was like a free. She spirit, like captures sorta. a tear in a cup in that movie. Like that's re- you know that's a pretty. I'm not saying it was a good 
story. Twee movie, yeah. But um, no, I just, I, it just occurred to me. I have seen her do a character. We were just talking about this recently because we saw Lucy in the Sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is just what she does, you know? It's right. like super intense, yeah. you know, like like peak characters on the verge of a breakdown like or Black Swan, Annihilation, yeah. right? Like that kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe. Vox I, Lux. I will be very curious um, because, for example, I think in some ways, like Taika Waititi's view on like Hemsworth in Thor Ragnarok is like a bit of a revelation, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, he's funny. Mm-hmm. Like that's. Oh, the, yeah, like you're saying, maybe that he'll do the same thing. But with it's Portman. like, but you realize that Hemsworth has these comedy chops that just weren't being used. And I'm sure. I'm sure right? she does too. And so you wonder if Portman actually has these comedy chops that just aren't to. being used. Yeah. And now it's like, now we've got something interesting here. So at any rate, I'm looking forward we'll to it. We'll find out. Yep. We'll find out in two years or whenever that's coming out. Yep. Um, themes of the movie. Nazis are bad. Nazis are definitely bad. I mean, I think it's mostly about, what would you say, like, uh, in the same way, we talked to, I forget what film we saw just recently, and I said the same thing, but, like, Loss of Innocence. What movie did we see that had a Loss of Innocence? I don't even remember. Doesn't it feel like something we talked about recently, though? Very possibly. Well, it doesn't matter. Um, in this film, it's a, it's a very, I guess in, if there is one novel thing this film does, um, somewhat, somewhat novel, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a unique idea, and I don't know... I don't know if, if Waititi deserves the credit because I understand it's based on a story, on a book. But um, to show, like, the innocence of a child mm-hmm. in the context of where the way that manifests is the child blindly believing in very hateful ideas mm-hmm. yeah, and, and idolizing the figurehead of those hateful ideas. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, the movie presents Jojo so, so immediately as I don't know if I want to say likable because he starts off by spouting like Jew hating rhetoric but but he's likable in the sense that he doesn't know any better and he's just a kid and he's very much portrayed as just a kid who's got a confidence issue and needs this imaginary friend to help bolster him up and Mm -hmm. the imaginary friend just happens to be Hitler yeah so I think I, I do think a theme is um and 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 sorry to complete that thought. It's like over the course of the movie, he's sort of shedding these beliefs that he he's 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 unlearning a lot of this stuff that he was indoctrinated to believe. Well, yeah, right? he's learning to think for himself, which right? which is like kind of the loss of innocence, I think. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I think normally, if I were to say like, oh, it's a film about the loss of innocence, you'd think it starts off with some bright-eyed kid who gradually starts to see how dark the world can be. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, this is the exact... It's the same... This is, ex- it's well, the this same, is exactly that, right? Like, he sees how horrible the oh, world can yeah, be. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. But um, I guess what... Um, what was I trying to say? I think it's more like... I was thinking about his attitude specifically towards the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where it's like Jews are evil and and yeah. and you know um, magic and horns yeah, yeah and and over time he he um unlearns his hatred yep you're right that you know that uh that he sees the darkness around him and in yes. the regime that he's um you know been sort of raised by uh through camp and stuff but um but yeah that's what i meant is that 
It's that he started with this kind of hatred, but it was like an innocent hatred mm -hmm. in a way. Yes. And he kind of like loses it over the course of the movie. So yeah. Um, so yeah, that I think I think loss of innocence, or there might be a better way of phrasing it. Uh, like yeah, but I, I totally agree that I think that the movie takes um, tremendous care to emphasize the innocence of children, mm -hmm. right? And yes, these children are being taught to do horrible things and think horrible things, but given um, a different set of circumstances, like, for example, the end of the war, mm -hmm. right, they just want to go home to mom and snuggle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to hate. That's just like the culture sort of it pushed them exceedingly hard in that direction. Yeah, right? and and really what he wants is to belong, right? Uh-huh. In the beginning, he's yeah. he's trying to go with the culture that he sees around him. Mm -hmm. And when he goes to that what even was it? It was like a Nazi camp. Hitler youth camp. Yeah, yeah. Hitler youth camp. He um you know, he wants to be cool. He wants to be good at the things the kids are supposed to do in that camp. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's very it's very much just all the innocent needs of a child to, to belong, to, like, have confidence, mm -hmm. uh, et cetera. Um, I guess there's one more sort of theme, which would be, I guess, kind of like doing what you can against... I'm thinking about, you know, yep. the, pr the premise of the film is his mom is is doing her best to, you know, do, do some small amount of good in the world. Yep. And uh, we'll get into, like, how that plays out uh, in a minute. But um, but basically, you know, it's it's I'm sure it was the, the situation that any good sort of... Moral person, conscious, yeah. Yeah, like, like, person who was looking at things with a critical eye and, and saw what was wrong in Nazi Germany, the experience mu they must have had must have been so, uh, like, so difficult because of how insurmountable the odds must have seemed, you yep. know, and, and the fact that, and I guess the same is true of, you know, like, the abolitionists in, in what is it called, pre-bellum America? Am I using that term correctly? Antebellum. Yeah. <laughs> Antebellum. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I swing and a miss from Dan. Uh... <laughs> I, I reached for it, um, you know, where it's like this, you've got this system that is, is very, can seem very immovable and very yeah. much larger than you. And, um, so that's, I think that's a theme in the movie too, is, is kind of, you know, it's like a kind of a quixotic thing of do what you can, even if it seems impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, even if it seems like you can't, you can't change the, the big picture outcome, but you can, you can do what you do what's within your power to make some small mm -hmm. difference, right? Yep, yep. Um, I would agree with both of those. Okay, any other themes we should uh, uh, name before? No, no, I uh, no. Those are those are good. Those are good. Yeah, let's talk. What? Oh, first of all, spoilers, right? Yeah, we're gonna do spoilers. I mean, now. we're only we're only gonna go like ten more minutes, so yep. uh, we're gonna spoil the movie. Was just summarize the whole plot start to finish for the next 10 minutes. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> cuz that's the best use of our time. Yeah. What would any any comparisons any movies this reminded you of? Well, the immediate comparison that I had was Life is Beautiful. Ah, uh, yes. Um is it a poor man's life is beautiful or a rich um, man's? I would argue it's a rich man's life is beautiful. Yeah, you you have a I think you have a sour 
taste in your mouth from mm-hmm. Life is Beautiful. Like, I remember liking that. Did you like it when it came out? And it sort of soured over time? I don't... Or you didn't even like it when it came out? I don't out? know that I... Speaking of feeling manipulated, right? Like, right. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I need to see that movie again because... I feel like something happened and I, like, wasn't paying attention when the culture decided that movie was not good. Yeah. Like, didn't it win an Oscar? I'm not making that up, right? He won Best Actor. Yeah. I think it was, like, beloved at the time. Yeah, for sure. And then here we are, what, 20 years later or something. Yeah. And, and like I said, sort of, like, somehow the common perception of that movie shifted. Yeah. And one day I just was like, wait, what? People don't like that movie? I thought it was good. Um but uh, but so you're kind of on board with the with the the point of view that it, that movie was like manipulative and and maybe in poor taste and well, things it is, like that. It is. Um, I th- I, uh, I just don't even remember it that clearly. Well, I mean, the first half of the movie is just Roberto Benigni being charming and like having a life with his sure, family. Sure. Sure. And then his family and he get put into a concentration camp. Mm-hmm. For the latter half of the movie, mm-hmm. right, and then spoiler alert for a twenty-some-odd-year-old movie, um, you know he ends up dying in yeah, the concentration he, he goes camp, goes to a gas chamber, and right? like dis- basically like deceives his son uh-huh. the entire time uh-huh. to make his son believe that they are having a good time, right, right, and then like the war ends, and the na- the voiceover narration at the end of the movie is the voice and like, and that's how my father like got us through mm-hmm. you know World War II or whatever right yeah, yeah. and um, something about like his it's overly simplistic well the the acting as if this man was a hero this character was a hero for like fooling his son into thinking that everything was fine mm-hmm. and his son finding out later that that was all like untrue and it was just done to like spare his emotions mm-hmm. just strikes me as a really odd thing to celebrate and a really peculiar like all right this is another thing we can talk about more after okay. this episode <laughs> and so but, at any rate but uh, jojo is a rich man's version of this i don't story. even know i mean like because all the things i'm like criticizing like sort of and it, i don't mean to be overly harsh on life is beautiful right like um but i just felt like uh, I'm very skeptical of tragedies with happy endings, right? Where it's like, okay. I want you to feel like the tragedy of this, but then I want you to feel like uplifted at the end. Like uh, everything's right? resolved. Right. So like Schindler's List kind of does this, mm-hmm. right? But like the skill level is so high that you sort of like forgive it. You're like, it's both. It manages to be both, right? I feel like the weight of tragedy mm-hmm. and like the joy of a happy ending, right? Um, 12 Years a Slave has elements of this, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, totally horrible in, like, the deepest pits of it. And then, but by the end, it's like, hooray! <laughs> right? Um, and yeah, remember that part where they say, hooray! At, at the, the end, end. Yeah, that's in the script. Um, <laughs> I thought that was an odd line. And so this When movie, everybody jumps up in the air and yeah. shouts hooray. And so Jojo Rabbit has, like, a similar thing where it's, like, it's a tragedy with a happy ending. But it's not over the top. It's no, it's, it's not. Uh, but and so if we're getting, but it to, is a little silly. But if we're getting to like the manipulation stuff, like I don't know how many movies end with David Bowie's heroes. <laughs> 
It feels like a lot. Not a lot end with it in German. That's true. That's the only time I've ever heard it end with David Bowie singing in German. But like that was um, so cool. We did confirm that was David Bowie. Yes, right? we watched the credits and confirmed that. And it was, and it had this the Beatles song. Was it? I want to hold your hand. Was yeah, that the one in I think German? That's right. Yeah. Those were some really good finds. I feel. Yeah. The soundtrack for this movie. Just German, like major artists singing their songs in German. Yeah. Um, just so, like those are two examples where those artists have major ties to Germany, but like, um, yeah, there's, I mean, yeah, it's really well, the soundtrack was really well done, but it's like, for example, like I find that David Bowie's heroes at the end of a movie is just a recipe for me to cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it's like, there is no song better for yeah. that type of feeling of like, well, it's just tragedy a great with, song. Tragedy with happy ending feeling yeah, yeah. than heroes, right? Th- that is something that I could view, uh, that I could uh, get on board with viewing as like a little cheap when you're use you're using a song that a that an unrelated person spent a lot of time mm-hmm. working on to evoke certain emotions. Right. And then you're like, we'll pull that work into this work. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. It's like. It's it's a little bit of a cheap like Pavlovian. But, you reflex. know the estate of David Bowie. They got compensated for that. So I it's know, all good. but it's like I could have just. <laughs> and so at any rate, like yeah. Um, no, I'm not disagreeing. On one hand, like I'm sort of like, oh, how cheap this is. While wow, the tears are pouring down my face. That's in- right? uh, that's interesting though. I was not expecting you to name like the very end as a manipulative moment. I mean, I don't think I even thought about it. I think you're right. Um, well, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't necessarily view it in a cynical way, like you seem to be a little bit. But, um, but I do see how it's just like, oh yeah, the song was just such an easy way to mm-hmm. to hit the audience in a certain way at that moment. I totally assumed, and I'm sure this is in your list, mm-hmm. that the you know the mother dying mm-hmm. would be a big one. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, where it's so, it's uh, I don't remember. I don't remember what happened in the scene immediately before. I just remember that he's he's just following a butterfly and it just feels like a pleasant little diversion. Yes. You know, that's almost like like an indulgence that the movie's like, yes. let's just watch JoJo follow this butterfly. Well, like butterflies had been sort of like a theme in the movie before where it's mm-hmm. like he felt butterflies in his stomach mm-hmm. when he was thinking about mm-hmm. Elsa because he's starting to feel positive emotions about her. Yeah. Right. And so that was sort of what I presumed, like, the butterfly thing was meant to evoke. And then, of course, like, the camera just sort of practically crashes into the swinging feet of his his dead mother, right? Who, of course, he doesn't know is dead until that very moment. And so it's like, um, one of, to me, one of the, like, cheapest things that a film, that a story can do is, like, build up a character that you love just to kill them. Wow. Wow. Just to make you feel that loss, right? Um, And now I'm being overly cynical. Yeah, I don't think that's the only purpose that Mother serves in that film. But, but yes, I agree with you on on the principle that if that that were her only reason for being in the film, that would certainly be cheap. Yes. Um... Let's. I think we got like what two minutes left. Yeah, we let's gotta, be real quick. We got a jet. Highlights of the movie. Let's just each name one thing. Um, I find myself, against my better judgment, charmed by Sam Rockwell. <laughs> right? I was also not expecting that. 
But he's just Sam Rockwell, though. Right. He's just he's just a funny, charismatic actor. Uh huh. Even when he's playing this Nazi. Oh, we we, we are supposed to like, <laughs> like it's. I feel very conflicted at the end when he takes an action to basically save JoJo. Oh right yeah. Before yeah. he is. Jeez, I forgot. Executed, about that. right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like this is a Nazi that I feel bad for. Like a grown man Nazi that I, think, I feel bad for. But okay, uh, we don't have that much time to debate this. But the movie didn't actually—he wasn't depicted as like a diehard Nazi previously in the movie, was he? No, but he also was doing nothing to right. Stop right. Him. No, a- absolutely. I, I think um, it's sort of like in a in an environment like that. I think there's like there's like the bad people who completely deep down feel the hateful things that sort of like sort of um, uh, support the whole system and Mm -hmm. then there's like the good people like Scarlett Johansson's character who are trying to do their part and then there's just this big middle section Mm -hmm. of people who are basically complicit because Mm -hmm. they're doing nothing but that doesn't mean they feel all this hate in their heart it just means they're just like they're too focused on their own things, and they're just going with the flow. Right. Um, and I, I viewed him as kind of like his heart wasn't really in it as right. a Nazi. He was just he, you know, and and don't get. I'm not trying to like sugarcoat. Like I'm sure in this world, in this story, like that character would gladly have killed Jews, mm-hmm. but but not to justify it. But like I don't think it would have been because he hated. He had this the same level of hatred as like the the diehard you know Hitler followers mm-hmm. so much as just like look he's not a good guy right he's, he's not he's 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 like sadly and maybe this says more about me than anything else like that I'm kind of cynical but he's like most people yeah in that most people will do horrible things if that's what they need to do to sort of get by in the environment they're in yep. and so anyway so all of that as the lead up to. I was kind of okay with him having like a little bit of a hero moment at the end because I was like, I think I'd have he more of a problem has, with it if he, if has he had two heroic moments. If he had shown movie. like some sadistic side, yes, towards sure. towards Jewish people earlier, but he has two heroic moments. You said what were they? Where he uh, purposely overlooks the fact that Elsa gets the birthday wrong. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Okay, I totally forgot that one. So yeah. he, I think you're right that he's just a guy who got. Um, who sort of went with the flow and has these minor moments mm-hmm. of like sticking it to the man. He's like he's like a bare minimum do-gooder, right? You know, like if if the, if an opportunity presents itself, right, then he'll do a little good, right? Yeah, <laughs> but he won't put much effort into. And in, it. so, in some ways, I feel like the the end for that character is actually correct. It's like he probably does deserve to be executed by like for war crimes by like American troops, mm-hmm. but. He does it where he 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 does it uh, right after having saved a young boy, and Rockwell's performance makes the character seem like he's like, yeah, this is basically the right end for this, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, he, and he, it's d- also he does like, not seem to be remorseful or like um, self pitying right, at all, right? Right? Yeah, I view it as just like, uh, well. There's really no way out of this for me. Mm-hmm. I can do a little bit. I can do this kid a favor. Right. You know, um, if, if there were some way out for me that did involve uh, 
backstabbing this kid, maybe I would take it. But right. there isn't, so I'll just help him out. <laughs> you know, it's like that. It's like that right on the line of yeah, like totally. you're, you're slightly more good than bad. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite moment, real quick? Uh, I really liked. Uh, Speaking of Scarlett Johansson, um, or to kind of defend her as a character with more of a purpose than just to die, I really liked her as a mother. Yeah, I thought. Me too. Um, and we talked about this briefly after, but I was actually really impressed with just her performance. I, yeah. I think I'd come to view Scarlett Johansson as just like she's just a mega star. She plays Black Widow. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Maybe every now and then she does like a, a more indie project just to kind of like have some cred but yeah but I felt in this film it was a really good she did a great job balancing like she's a mother she's trying to stay strong for her son mm-hmm. she's trying to be supportive she's also trying to be like you know a proper mother who disciplines him and things mm-hmm. like that and also in this world she has to try to show him a little bit of like what it means to be a good person yep and I think all she I think she captured all those things I agree um, and so that would have been a highlight for me and uh, let's so let's close it out by saying, uh, would you beam it up or not? Uh, thumbs down, not not quite. Well, thumbs down. You didn't have to say that. Well, no. I mean, sorry, <laughs> no. Like that's meaning we no. We wouldn't beam it up. Yeah, I, I I quite liked Jojo Rabbit, but I don't think it quite meets the criteria for beam it up, Scotty. Yeah, agreed. Okay. All right. Well, that was it. Thanks for listening. I'm Adam. I'm Dan. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.